Hello and welcome to One Name at a Time. My name is Ben and I'm joined as always by Pez. Hello there. I'm sure all of you know what the deal is with One Name at a Time at this point, but if you don't by some chance, this is a podcast where myself and Pez use our limited knowledge of Premier League football to create starting 11s based off a specific theme. So this week, our theme is African players who've played in the Premier League. We do have some rules that we have to follow. So um, as it's a Premier League, we always pick a 4-4-2 formation. We have four substitutes. So that's one goalkeeper, a defender, a midfielder and a striker. And the players in question have to have played in the Premier League. They don't have to have had the best spell of their career in the Premier League, but they have to have made at least one appearance for their Premier League club in the Premier League as well. They can't have played, you know, in the FA Cup or in the League Cup. And they have to... They don't have to, sorry, have played for the national team in question. However, they can't have played for another nation. So this is particularly relevant for this week with Africa. Players like Patrice Evra, Patrick Vieira, these guys aren't eligible for this week because they went on to play for a non-African nation, you know, many, many times. Someone like Wilfred Zaha on the other side would be eligible because although he did play for England, he's played more times for Ivory Coast uh, since swapping allegiances. So that's that's the main thing that you know they don't have to have played for the african nation but they can't have played for anybody else um, yeah that, that, I, that, that kind of works because i think a, a, quite a few of these were kind of born in france and then played for like the parent of their country yeah the, the their parents country after yeah it could get quite complicated <laughs> yeah <laughs> it could get quite complicated but basically i, I don't think that to be honest for, on my list i can safely say that i don't think there's anybody who hasn't played for an african nation <laughs> like there's no one who's made yeah, I mean, if they're not playing for an African nation, then they're, they're probably not really good enough to include in this team, considering how many Africans of a decent quality have played yeah. in the Premier League. Yeah, there this are was a, a difficult week. <laughs> a lot of players on this list, and part of me did regret suggesting it. But, and again, to just say, the reason we, we've done a, a grouped African 11 instead of doing individual nations is just that we felt um, if we did individual nations, we would probably struggle to find a competitive 11. So that's the reason we've grouped it together. Was there anything else you wanted to cover off uh, before we got getting started, Pez? I mean, that, that pretty much covers everything. I mean, obviously, being a, a grouped African one, the, the kind of thing we're looking at is yeah, countries which have membership of the, the CAF, which is like the African UEFA, basically. So there's like 50-odd countries in there. I think about 32 have been represented in the Premier League with by, by someone at some point. Um, they're not obviously all going to be in consideration here because I think there was some guy who played for like Barnsley in the 90s who had one cap for the Seychelles probably not going to get in this team but you know plenty of Senegalese plenty of Ghanaians South Africans Egyptians you name it they'll probably have some representation here so that we'll, we'll have quite a, a pan-African team rather than just being from two or three countries it'll be, be quite a mix I think wait for me to suggest someone who actually doesn't qualify <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, now that's all out of the way. Peds, you're getting us started with our goalkeeper. And this is one of the key areas that doing a combined African eleven really comes in handy. Yeah. Because I found a grand total of four African goalkeepers who have played in the Premier League, not none of which are of the same nationality. So, yeah, if, if we were doing a, like individual nationalities for, for African nations here, we would really struggle to have any sort of competitive goalkeeper situation. Goal. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the one I went for was the only one who, I don't know, has maybe had like a, a decent career in the English top flight. The others kind of have 
didn't like maybe didn't play for the, the for the best teams or didn't particularly you know, give themselves a, a good reputation. But the yeah, the the one who has done both of those things is Bruce Grobola, who was born in South Africa but actually played for Zimbabwe and their preceding country of, of Rhodesia. Uh, Thirty three caps for them. Um, played in the Premier League between 92 and 96, a little bit for Liverpool, a little bit for Southampton. Obviously most known for being Liverpool's goalkeeper before that, you know, through the 80s. You know, that 80s Liverpool team that I think we spoke about with quite a few players when we did the uh, the Welsh team and the uh, Republic of Ireland team. Yeah, six six league titles, three FA Cups, League Cups, European Cups. I, I mean, the, the, the main thing I really know him for is his wobbly knees due in a penalty shootout. But... Yep. By all, you know, by by all reports, probably one of the better goalkeepers in the league at the time, even if just because he had a decent defence in front of him as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, you know, obviously his prime was be- probably before I was born, but um, he's quite an iconic goalkeeper, isn't he, Bruce Grubbler? Mm-hmm. He is who I went for as well. You know, in my head, he's kind of almost a bit of an innovator, a bit of a, you know, pioneer in terms of maybe some goalkeeping technique. Maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration, but in, that's how I see him in my head. Someone who perhaps influenced goalkeepers who came after him. Obviously, Yertsy Dudek in that in that Champions League final. <laughs> I'm channeled Bruce. By the way, just to say, the whole rule where the goalkeeper comes off his line for penalties. I don't know if you've... I recently saw highlights of that game with Yertsy Dudek. And he is about... Like, he's halfway yeah. between the goal and the penalty taker. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. But anyway, yeah. Bruce Grobler, <laughs> quite an innovative goalkeeper. Um... You know, I don't know whether I ever actually watched him play live, mm. but um, I think when you look at the competition that he had for this position, you know, just you look at the appearances, he made 775 appearances in his career. Uh, the other goalkeepers I've got, uh, Edward Mendy, who obviously joined Chelsea this summer. Mm-hmm. He's made 161 domestic appearances in his career so far. So hopefully, you know, he can go on and do some great things for Chelsea, but he's, you know, he's he, he's, he's not had a extensive career so far yeah, and the other yeah. one i had was um richard kingston who did make 90 appearances for ghana the most caps of any goalkeepers that i had um <laughs> but only made 165 appearances domestically in his career so you know nowhere near as consistent at a good level as bruce grobler yeah yeah i mean mendy i think has got a lot of potential i actually really like him what i've seen i didn't really even know about him before chelsea bought him but i've, I've kept an eye on him since you know, since, since he's come into the team and, and displaced Kepa and Caballero. And yeah, I, th- I think he's all right. But when, when we started thinking about this team, like I, I kind of had Kingston as my backup to Grobelar, mostly because he was a player that I I knew. That That's pretty much what it boils down to. But I've been, I've been more impressed in what I've seen of like four games of Mendy at Chelsea than I ever was with, I don't know, two seasons at Kingston when he was at Wigan and what, Blackpool? Yeah. So, like, Mendy's who I've got for as my backup here. He's got plenty of time to also ruin his career, but I like what I've seen. I think he's he's got a decent potential for, you know, to, to go on and, and get plenty of hundred appearances for, you know, high, high-end teams, basically. Yeah, it would be good to see an African goalkeeper sort of in the modern era of the Premier League do well, I think. I think it's probably the only position where we haven't really seen an African player come in and, and, and do well. You know, and we've had African goalkeepers do well in other leagues, but we haven't really seen it in the Premier League, you know, at least since the turn of the century. So I think it, it would be really good 
even though he plays for Chelsea, I you know I would like to see him you know be a success there. Yeah, and the the the, the fourth one because I mean we might as well men- mention them all right is uh, Carla Kami, who uh, oh. I always thought was was actually English, but did get a cap for Nigeria. So I think that might be one where his his parents were originally Nigerian and obviously spent most of his career down in the championship, uh, played, I think, one half of football for Wolves before they actually came back up. Um, It was that long ago, but obviously he's the reason why all the Wolves keepers don't wear number one, why like Patricia wears 11 and uh, 21, 31, um, is obviously he had to call an end to his career short because of of, um, a cancer diagnosis, didn't he? So that's, that's the... That, that, that's the the reason why we allow Rui Patricio to, to wear number 11 without, you know, calling the authorities. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a reason we still like Rui Patricio. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's fair enough, but he definitely deserves a mention here because, you know, there's only four of them, why not, you know? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, 100%. I thought, I, I probably didn't realise that he um, had played for an Af- African nation, so in my head he was, you know, an English goalkeeper, so I didn't realise that one. Yeah, I think it might have only got one or two caps for Nigeria. I don't think it was a huge amount, so it, it, it's, it's easy to, you know, have, have overlooked. Yeah. <laughs> so, moving into our defence with uh, my favourite position, as always, right back. Not, I don't think, a lot of competition for this position, uh, this week, you might disagree with me on that, but um, I ended up going for former Arsenal and Cameroon defender Lauren, or Lauren, however you want to pronounce it. Oh, I'm, um, glad, I'm glad you went with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went for, no, um, I went for Emmanuel Abue. No, <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I'm sure we've spoken many, many times about that Arsenal team that obviously went unbeaten in a season. The likes of Bergkamp, Campbell, Henri, Vieira, you know, all those great players. Lauren was obviously the right back for that team. A good defensive team. You know, that team, perhaps hard to think of an Arsenal team being good defensively. But, you know, it, it was it was a very good defensive team team defensively. But obviously, it was best known for its attacking play. And Lauren and Ashley Cole on the other side were big parts of that, getting down the flanks, supporting the attackers. 240-odd appearances for Arsenal. But... The thing that surprised me about him was he apparently only got 24 caps for Cameroon, which didn't seem like that much to me for someone who, you know, and after he played for Arsenal, he went on to play for Portsmouth. So had been at the top level for quite a long time. And apparently, and again, maybe my, maybe Wikipedia has done me wrong, but apparently he won two Cup of Nations and an Olympics with Cameroon, which makes me go, all of his appearances must have been in those tournaments. (laughs) Like 24 appearances, if you think like, three tournaments isn't really you know that much did he just never play any friendlies but yeah what he won internationally I think he would have been in this team you know two Premier Leagues with Arsenal three FA Cups with Arsenal and an FA Cup with Portsmouth as well I think he got in a team of the year as well for the Premier League so a really accomplished fullback maybe not one of the best right backs the Premier League's ever seen but I think he would be you know maybe in the next tier down as a you know a really good a really good fullback and a very good well an excellent team yeah, I, I think what it is with the um, Olympics is that it's like um, an under-23 tournament, oh, so yeah, I don't but... think it would count as like complete caps. He might have got in as like an overage player, but yeah, so I mean, even even 24, I mean, if he's winning African Cup of Nations, I mean, you're playing what, 
six or seven games in those. That is still most of his, his appearances in those tournaments. So it's yeah, it, it, it's a weird one. Maybe, maybe he was a bit of like a, a Rolls Royce player for them. Like he, he he wouldn't bother with the qualifiers or the friendlies. He'd, he'd just be there to jump in at a tournament and win it for them. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, it's you know, so it's, hard to imagine. I'm thinking maybe they had another right back who was first choice, but I can't think of off the top of my head who that could have been. Yeah, at least he didn't play in England because I couldn't really think of any other Cameroonian right backs to consider here. Yes, it, 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 it's an, a, a bit of an anomaly there, isn't it? Yeah, Lowen was, was the easy pick for me here. I mean, two Premier Leagues, four FA Cups. I think obviously one of those was with Portsmouth, as you mentioned. Um, he's also got into a yeah, Premier League team of the year, which is something a decent personal achievement when you consider how much competition you have in your position. I mean, you know, 20 teams, multiple players in the same position for those teams. I mean, you could easily be up against like 40 other players for that one role in the team and you're the best in the league at doing it. That's that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's the the others in in, in sort of contention were, were okay. I mean, there there may be ones who maybe were a bit error prone or could yeah maybe have got a bit more of their career left to to prove themselves in. So like my my sort of main backup for him was Serge Aurier, mm-hmm. who has done okay for for Tottenham. I think he had a bit of um, bit of flack right at the start of when he joined but he's become a pretty solid player for them now maybe not particularly great defensively more you know more more stupid going forward I think as, as in that kind of position um, as pretty much everyone in Tottenham's team seems to be um, another one who's won a, an African Cup of Nations obviously with Ivory Coast this time 64 caps for them John Pansel yeah five five years in the Premier League I, did he I play think for it was five a, years in the Premier League I don't know if he played for five years in the Premier League, but he was certainly a Premier League team. Because I do remember now he was at West Ham, wasn't he? Um, uh, Fulham was the team that I really associated oh. him with, but he must have gone to West Ham after. Hmm. But yeah, the Gar- Ghanaian, 89 caps for them. Um, yeah. So round about the same time as Kingston was playing. And yeah, weirdly, Kingston has scored for Ghana. John Pantzel never did. <laughs> well, you know, that's There's not okay. Fair right backs, you know, they're not they're not goal machines usually. Yeah, um, I mean goalkeepers aren't either. <laughs> but you know, but yeah, I, I haven't really got anything down in terms of like notable honours for John Pantzel. Maybe he won a league somewhere in Europe, but nothing that really sort of stands up to like Lauren's um, Premier Leagues and, and that kind of stuff. We did have a joke about Emmanuel Bouye. He's another solidish option. He's, you know, he's again one who came under a lot of criticism, but on his day he could actually be pretty decent. But no one is even really in the same echelon as Lauren in terms of. I mean, I, I'm just in general Premier League history. Lauren is one of my more preferred right backs to play in the league. Yeah. So let alone being specifically African, then it, it, it's yeah, it's easy for for me to pick him in here. Yeah, I mean, Emmanuel Abue was supposed to be the sort of successor to Lauren, wasn't he? And he mm. just never really, never really managed it. So, yeah, it, for me, it was a, a pretty, pretty straightforward choice as well. Are you ready to announce who your centre-back partnership was? Yeah, I think I've settled on it. <laughs> OK, I mean, this is, this I've said before we started recording, I think this is the problem position for me. So yeah. I might be very willing to change who I've put in. Depending on what you say, it depends if you judge. You know, you, you uh, approve of my judgment. Okay, so it, th- this was a difficult one because when I first started doing this, there was one who 
I thought, okay, he won the Premier League. Yeah, he's, he's really good. He's someone I really liked when, when he was playing for the teams, even though they were both rival teams for the team that I support. Uh, but I've not actually gone for him in my starting lineup. The other one who I was always kind of really wanting to put in was Lucas Cradovy. And I have put yep. him in. You have? Um, I have, yeah. Okay. He's, he's, he's one of them. 70 caps for South Africa, won African Cup of Nations, spent pretty much a decade in the Premier League, played for an annoyingly good Leeds team. I hate how good they were, but like he's just one of those players that you, you, you can't hate Lucas Cradovy, can you? Like, yeah. you just can't. <laughs> Lent his nickname to the band the Kaiser Chiefs, which is maybe a bigger achievement than than any of what. No, no, no it's, it's really not. But I mean, you know, he, he had a, a clear sort of cult status with with Leeds fans, and yeah, he's he's one of those players that was just. I mean, he captained Leeds to the the you know, Champions League semi finals. That's that's something. You know, he, he has leadership skills. He 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 never really sort of came up for corners and, and scored a lot of goals. He he. he he, had, he didn't have that kind of asset to him, but like his defensive work was was just, you know, outstanding for a, a good long time at the top level. And another one whose who's defensive work was pretty outstanding at a very good level was Nuruddin Nabet. And that's who I've gone alongside him. Only spent a couple of seasons um, in the Premier League with Tottenham. Was Moroccan, played well over 100 times for them, but his main like success came over in Spain. He won a La Liga title. Um, I'm yep. pretty sure that was with Deportivo. It was, yes. Yes. Um, Christ, I, I was like, yeah, my, my memory's pretty good. We've spoken um, a lot about Deportivo recently. Yes, yeah, yeah. They must have just been Moroccans and, and Argentines. That's all they had. But yes, I, I, like he was one who, well, when he signed for Tottenham, I didn't really know who he was. I didn't pay La Liga that much attention back then because I was only like, you know, 10 or 11 or whatever it was yeah it didn't really register as much as it does nowadays or looking back it, it you know it, how 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 much i can look back on it and and appreciate it but by all accounts a very very good defender and someone that man united were linked with multiple times around the time that we had like you know, it, it might have been the season where we let Stan go and Ferguson yeah. was looking at Nabet to, to be brought in to replace him. So if, if you're looking at being sort of a, a Stan replacement, you must be pretty good, right? Yes. The, your choices are really interesting because I actually, when we first um, decided to do this team, Lucas Radebe was one of the first names I remembered. Because um, <laughs> weirdly, and bearing in mind that a lot of his career would have been when I was, you know, young and probably not that interested in centre-backs... I just have memories of him being like a really good player. And I almost wondered whether maybe my memory was, you know, it was a bit of roast, roast into glasses. Um, I didn't go with him and I didn't go with Nuruddin Nabet, despite the fact that Nuruddin Nabet was going to be in it for a long time. And then I, I don't know why I took him out. So I'm going to be very open, I think, to changing my selection. Yeah, Nabet's one of those ones that when, whenever I look at anything and look, like, look back through it, he, he always comes out with very good reports from basically everyone who played against him or you know managed him so it, like that that's something I think that as well, always like, helps i think he came to spurs obviously late on his his career mm. um so maybe my memories of watching him well you know my my memories of watching him aren't of him at his best mm, but i don't think yeah. he did badly at spurs you know i think it was a, at a different time in sort of spurs's trajectory when you know you look at where they're finishing but i think he did all right the two I, I went for, I went for, I think, the player that you um, didn't go for, that you mentioned in Colo Torre, who mm -hmm. is a bit of a meme. 
Um, <laughs> and I, I think that's maybe a little bit unfair on him because you look at the career he had, and he had an incredible career. 120 caps for Ivory Coast, which is obviously, you know, a cup of nations with them as well. One of the sort of, at least outside of Africa, one of probably the higher profile African nations. We'll probably see quite a few Ivorian players in this team. Um, 326 appearances for Arsenal, including a Premier League and, an, and two FA Cups, was part of that team that we spoke about earlier that obviously went invincible. Well, they didn't go invincible. They lost games that season. They just didn't lose in the league. Um, but, you know, it was an incredible team. 516 appearances in total, including playing for Man City when they first got their money. And he won a Premier League with them. Um, and Liverpool as well later on. Um, I don't think he played much for Liverpool, but he did play for them. He was in um, a Cup of Nations team of the tournament as well. You know, maybe not someone I would, you know, go for in, oh, I think he was a great player. But I, I, I think almost probably his reputation is a bit tarnished by other things that happened. Mm. And people maybe don't remember that. Actually, this guy was a, you know, was a very good defender at, at Premier League level. And alongside him, I went for... <laughs> I'm not really sure... I, I think I, I would try and describe this logic as someone like Nuruddin Nebet made a lot of appearances internationally, obviously did very well for Deportivo, but I couldn't really think about him that much as a player from my own experience. The player I've gone for, I watched a lot in the Premier League, um, made over 100 appearances for their country in Nigeria. I went for Joseph Yobo, um, mm-hmm. who, you know, again, Everton at the time were occasionally struggling, but he always seemed to be quite a good player for them. 230 appearances for Everton, uh, over 400 appearances in total, um, including spells at Fenerbahce and Marseille. A, a, de- a decent Premier League defender, you know, maybe mm. tidy, tidy. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe what we would talk about in sort of the same sort of way as we've spoken about some players in other weeks. I guess kind of, I I knew both those players. I watched both those players quite a lot, and I felt you know they could do it. They could do a good job for me in the Premier League, but. I don't know. I'm Lucas Radebe was one that I was really tempted to put in, and Nuruddin Nebet was in there alongside Kolo Torre until the last minute. So I would be happy to swap those out. The other sort of two names that I had down that I would say were contenders against those four would have been Joel Matip, who's obviously a current player for Liverpool, over 100 appearances for Liverpool, only 27 caps for Cameroon, but. Um, He's obviously won the Premier League and the Champions League since joining Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Also played for Schalke, where he won a German Cup, over 370 appearances in total. And the other one I had was Rigobert Song, who mm-hmm. in my head is quite an iconic player. Doesn't look like his domestic career was really up to that much. You know, played 30-odd times for Liverpool, 20-odd times for West Ham. Over 400 games, but a lot of games kind of in Turkey for Galatasaray. But over 130 appearances for Cameroon, which including two Cups of Nations, presumably the same two that Lauren won. So that international career is pretty impressive. And considering he was like 50 at the time as well. I mean... Yeah, <laughs> he play, I remember him playing very late in his career. Yeah, um, yeah. But I don't think, I, I guess the thing is, again, why I put in someone like Yobo, I just knew, I knew, I, yeah, I was familiar with Yobo. I, you know, I can't really say I remember seeing Rigobert song play that much. Yeah. Uh, so... Those were kind of the two other options, but definitely, yeah, I, I would consider an argument for Neighbor and Radaby 100%. Yeah, I, Yoba was definitely in my consideration. Torre is actually who I've gone for as like my backup here. So I think we, we were roughly on the same lines of, of 
yeah, who, who was going to be in in the starting lineup. Radovi's maybe the the, the curveball from from my end. Uh, Yobo, yeah, um, he seemed to always be at Evan, Everton for for years and years. But like you say, did is, is like maybe his, his appearances per season maybe aren't that high. Like because yeah, it, when when you said what was it about two hundred odd didn't seem like a huge amount. Yeah. Yeah, for, for someone who was it seemed to be like at Everton for like what 15 years or something he was like there for for, for ages I mean he's one that I like but I I, I don't know like I, I think maybe maybe he didn't play for a team that where, where he could have won trophies like like Nabet did or like uh, yeah he's um yeah I, 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 I can't see a way to argue his inclusion in my team like if, if, just 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 on that I think but but Torre Nabet Radaby uh, are definitely the three that I think we could choose between, put it that way. Um, yeah, I, I think those definitely played at, I mean, they play, they played for, you know, bigger teams in their career. Well, I say bigger teams, you know, but that Leeds team that Radaby played in was pretty successful. Mm-hmm. Um, Yobo was at Everton for nine years. So, right. you know, maybe not 15 years, but, but <laughs> oh no, uh, 10 years with a loan spell that he had. Yeah, I, I, you see what you mean. Like maybe in sort of ten years, you would expect more than two hundred thirty appearances. I think that's a fair, fair shout. But yeah, he, like I said, it was, it, it was a weird one where I kind of went on what was familiar to me, and maybe yeah. I think Nabet would probably be the one for me. Maybe Torre and Nabet would be the the one that I would settle on as much as I like Radabay, mm. um, because. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's a difficult choice. We'll we'll think about it later, I guess. Were yeah. there were there any other ones you wanted to mention? Um, I mean, if if we're sticking like South Africa, then Mark Fish definitely mm. has to get a mention. One, funny name. Two, pretty decent defender. I think we we mentioned him in in passing with our Portugal team. Oh yes. Mean, yes, yes. Not George Mendes. Uh, George Costa. George Costa. There we go. See, yeah, I forgot he even existed. Um, yeah, I think him and Fish were the the, the little duo there when he he came over um, for that little weird loan spell he had, and that that's that's a decent partnership for them and is, is held in, in high regard. Fish was was yeah pretty pretty good by 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 all accounts. Um, yeah, there's there's I mean there's there's a lot. Let's be honest because there there just was going to be. I mean, Hatem Trebelzi had a, a little spell over with uh, Man City, uh, was brilliant in like African Cup of Nations, but didn't seem to have a huge, hugely successful club career. Christopher Samba was all right for a season, maybe. Yeah. El Kakuri, I think he was another one who was at, at Charlton, was was pretty good for, for Morocco internationally. Eric Bailly, Radi Jaidi, they're just, they played in the Premier League, but when you look at them compared to others who have, I mean even like, compared to Joseph Yobo yes yeah exactly I, I'd, I'd still have Yobo over them even over Bailly who obviously there might be some Man United bias there but he's really not sort of he's not established himself in my mind eye as, as like being of the same quality as Yobo so yeah I mean Bailly's a very talented player but he's very injury prone isn't he so yes I don't think you can really make an argument for him here mm-hmm Okay, well, before, you know, like we said, there'll probably be names we don't mention in the sort of honourable mentions category because there were so many players. Um, left back was probably actually, of all the positions, one where I wasn't really convinced of the quality of the players I had. Mm. Um, 
again, another one. I've I've maybe sort of done gone the other way of what I did with centre backs of kind of going with a bit of nostalgia. I ended up going for Celestine Babiaro, <laughs> who, when I looked back, wasn't a massive like in my head. He was quite an iconic player from like my younger days of watching football. Yeah, almost two hundred appearances for Chelsea, which wasn't a massive amount. Um, yeah, two hundred and fifty odd appearances in his career, including a spell at Newcastle. It's not a it's not a hugely long career. Only twenty seven caps for Nigeria, but I think probably. In my head, he was a better player than some of the other than the other players that I had on this list mm. for left back. So I ended up going with my heart in this instance and going with Babiaro. Maybe just because I like him. Maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, that, that. That's as good a reason as any for this position. I, I think as, as an argument to to include him. Um, I think because because I look at him as being like, oh yeah, he was like Chelsea starting left back for quite a while before you know, things really kicked on for them. Um, but it was only really like one or two seasons that he was like, you could really sort of look at his stats and go, okay, he was like the starting left back for them. But it must've just overlapped with the time when we were really getting into football and play a sort of imprint on you a little bit when they're yeah. having a good season at the time, you're really starting to take interest. But obviously is like the end of his Chelsea career overlapped with like the acquisition of like maybe Wayne Bridge and maybe not necessarily Ashley Cole. I don't, know exactly the years they might not have overlapped specifically but yeah like Chelsea had a a few decent left backs come in at that point didn't they so fair enough that his, his chances were were limited there um obviously part of you know a, a decent Chelsea team at the end of like the 90s going to the early noughties that weren't they weren't changing for the league title as as they said that they would have been in like a few years time but they were always in contention for like the FA Cup um, Cup Winners' Cup, which he like he won both of those with Chelsea. So yeah, he he, he was the one I had to go with because it, it was it was difficult otherwise. I mean, the closest one I had was his compatriot of Tay Taiwo. Oh yeah. Who obviously we included in our um, alliterative eleven to talk about. Uh, <laughs> only spent a, a season in England. Um, obviously more known for playing in France and Italy. Uh, 54 caps, eight international goals, which isn't too bad for left back. But I, I, I don't seem to really remember him being in England that much. It, it's like who did he play for in England? Exactly. <laughs> I've not I feel really like doubted, it was I don't think I'd really tell yeah. you. I like. It, I, I really am not sure who he played for. Whereas Babiola, I could tell you, yeah, he played yeah. for Chelsea, he played for Newcastle. Obviously, he played for longer. That's the, yeah, that's not the point. But <laughs> but like yeah, Ty- Tyro was all right over in in Europe. Um, didn't seem to really play for any sort of, you know, title winning type teams, I don't think. Maybe, was he at Marseille? I think um, so, yeah. Don't think and actually... Maybe, I feel like he may have had a spell at Milan. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, me- I remember being there, but I don't know. I, Babayaro for me stands out, whereas Taiwo doesn't. And considering they're both from the same nation, that maybe is a bit of an indicator. I don't know. It's Babayaro for me was... was yeah, just just it just made sense to put him in over Taiwo. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe because I like him, like you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember when Newcastle signed Babiaro, and me thinking that oh, that's quite a good signing for them. I think it may have been the same season they signed Nicky Butt, and thinking like, <laughs> oh, Newcastle might be like doing some good business this summer. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know why. Um, the other options I had were we mentioned him in our double barrel week, Benoit Asoukoto. Yeah, yeah. And he was probably the main competition for that uh, position. Yeah, um, I, I don't know, think we have anyone else. 
<laughs> 200 odd appearances for Spurs. Also played for QPR. But I don't know. I liked Babiaro more than I liked Asuakoto. So that's the reason um, I think I ended up with Babiaro. The other name, and this is one that I think you will mention at some point. Very versatile player. Could play a lot of positions. But I put him in at left back because I felt like there would be more names at the other positions he played. And that was Quinton Fortune. Um, yeah, that, I think I did the exact same thing for you because I've also got him at left back. I mean, he's not in contention to get in the starting thing at left back, left back but I could talk about him more at left back without him getting um, yeah. pushed pushed to the side for better players. <laughs> and I mean, with Quinton Fortune, it's probably a bit similar to Eric Bailly, where he's a talented player, but had a lot of injuries only 170 odd appearances in his career um i think those are league appearances but you look he was at united for a long time and he made 76 league appearances for them you know not a massive amount um 46 caps for south africa but yeah one of those careers unfortunately that was kind of undone a bit by injury yeah and and when when you look at the team that he was part of i mean he, he joined in 99 so he came in just after we, we won the treble you're going to be pretty hard up to like establish yourself in a team that's just won an unprecedented treble of trophies so no matter how he was he was always a very reliable backup was quinton fortune yeah he was never he was never a starter for me for united as much as i love the guy like there's 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 levels to to play in for united and ryan van der Haag is another example fantastic backup never really going to be a number one Quinton Fortune, fantastic backup, very versatile, could do a lot for you, can play in different positions. Not going to be your go-to guy for either of those positions. Push, come to shove. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you've got Dennis Irwin at left-back, Paul Scholes and Roy Keane at centre of midfield, Ryan Giggs on the left side of midfield, doesn't matter how many positions you can play, you're not getting in. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, but probably a sign of why he was such a valuable squad player was he could play those positions and, you know, one player could cover you know, all of those positions. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, but wanted, wanted to give him a mention. Definitely. Yes, absolutely. So, moving into midfield with our central midfield partnership, a lot of names here, but I feel like not similar to last week, maybe, where there were a couple of um, standout names. Who did you end up going for in the centre of midfield? Okay. Uh, yeah, there, 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 was, there was a lot that you had to sort of dissect here to get it in. But ultimately, I think there's two who are just that cut above when you look yes. at success and championships and who they played for. And yeah, so so the sort of, if, if we want to call it a bit of a diamond, then my more defensive one is Michael Essien. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Ghanaian only played 58 times for Ghana. Again, maybe it was a bit of a Rolls Royce for them. Roll them out for the, for the championships. Don't worry about the friendlies. Yeah, pl- plenty of time in the Premier League. Obviously, for, for Chelsea, multiple multiple titles, FA Cups, League Cup, Champions League, African Football of the Year. I think it, he was maybe even the most expensive African player at one point when they signed him. I remember he he, he joined like what early early 2000s, uh, maybe maybe a little bit later. Um, but yeah, he was you know, tore, tore it apart in France and came over to England and was a very key part of, of a solid Chelsea team that I'm pretty sure we've almost mentioned every person who was, was in that team at, at some point in the past few episodes, haven't we? It's like, yeah, it, they've, yeah, <laughs> there, there was they a, had lot a lot to of that good team. Players. 
There was a lot to that team. Um, and so, yeah, the, the more attacking option, I mean, he, he could also play sort of defensive midfielder if you if you, you wanted, but he did have a, an eye for a lot of goals. Um, and that was Yaya Toure. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, that's the same as me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, very similar to Essien, I guess. He yeah, came into a team that was establishing itself through um, a bit of added wealth. And it was it was maybe um, not necessarily the, the first statement signing, but certainly a, a, a big statement signing to, to bring him in in the same way as Essien. And yeah, Torrey almost transformed that City team, I'd say. He just he just gave that an extra level, an extra depth, an extra like he 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 dragged them up to be in you know three Premier League titles, FA Cup, League Cup, whatever, whatever, yeah, everything with the one apart from a Champions League title, which you know, yeah, <laughs> he'd already got one of one of their men away from Barcelona, so you know, fair enough. But yeah, spent a long time in the Premier League, always playing at a very very consistent level. The only sort of I don't know, dip to, to his time there was over a birthday cake, so not necessarily <laughs> over anything he did on the pitch. So, like, you know, it, it, it wasn't that he, he did anything particularly bad that you go, oh, yeah, that was a mistake or, you know, that was his own, own fault or whatever. Like, yeah, there, there, there was, yeah, it, <laughs> one of the best best players in the league for quite some years. Got into the Team of the Year twice for four African Football of the Year awards, yeah. which is four times as many as Michael Essien. Yeah, uh, I mean, what 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 else can you add? I mean, yeah, probably one of the most talented African players that you know has certainly been around in my lifetime. Yeah, I mean, I have, have to agree. I think those were the obvious choices. Even after digging around for a bit, they were the ones that stood out. Essie and I remember being so impressed with him in the Champions League with Leon when he was mm-hmm. there, and being so jealous when Chelsea signed him because I felt like he was exactly what Man United needed mm-hmm. at that time. And obviously he went to go on and do great things with Chelsea. Bit of a shame he ended up getting quite a lot of injuries towards the end of his time there, I think. He did go on to play for Madrid and Milan as well, but I don't know whether he was ever like the same player yeah. again. Um, but yeah, an absolutely fantastic player. And alongside him, um, Yaya Torre. Again, what a, what a player, you know, sort of... It's funny to say, considering how talented Paul Pogba is, but in many ways, I Yaya Toure, that's kind of what I wanted Pogba to be for United. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, kind of marauding centre midfielder who kind of just carried the ball and scored and created goals. Um, yeah, he was so good to watch. Just on the ball, like he just, just seemed to eat up grass, didn't he? Just like one end to the other. And he'd, yeah, have, was, he'd carry the ball for you. Was, that's the thing. He was tall. He was strong. He was fast. There was like, once he got the ball and wanted to go forward, there wasn't a huge amount you could do to really stop him. No, he, he, he was he was going to do it, wasn't he? Technically, very good as well. Like free kicks, yeah. great taker of free kicks. The thing that surprised me a bit about him when I was looking at his stats was, I remember when he joined from Barcelona. I was a little bit confused at the money they'd spent on him because I'm not a big follower of La Liga, but I follow it enough and. I, I, you know, I was never that impressed with him at Barcelona, mm. um, if I'm honest with you. And looking at it, he made 118 appearances for them, and only scored six goals. And you think like, that's that's crazy? For yeah, Yaya like Torre. I said, he could definitely play more like defensively. And I think that's yeah. where he was maybe pushed out of position a little bit for Barcelona. I mean, you when, when you're trying to get into like Xavi and Iniesta, yeah. and you're, you're playing a bit more like tiki-taki, you need small players, you need to be, you know, light on your feet. 
he's not necessarily that type of player. So maybe he just didn't fit with them as well as he did at City, where he, you know, he's definitely more of a Premier League type player. Yeah. Isn't he? So, like, I can understand that maybe just... There was something that City clearly saw in him at Barcelona, which wasn't necessarily working in the system that they were using at Barcelona. Yeah, and I mean, you know, talking about the other players Barcelona had, you know, you're probably not going to get a free kick if you're Yaya Torre at Barcelona <laughs> at that time, are you? Um, no, an abs- absolutely great player. Uh, over 600 appearances in his career, over 100 goals. Um, and, you know, we've said it many times about many players. We said about Zabaleta last week and Aguero and David Silva. He was one of those players that came in and took City to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe he won't get remembered in the same way as Silva and Aguero, but he absolutely should because he was an incredibly important player. Um, I mean, he scored a score winning goal when they won the FA Cup, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, even just writing himself in for one little bit of folklore, then, you know, yeah. you've I mean, got I'm that really to I don't know many Man City fans, um, <laughs> but I'm sure they do, you know, when, you know, I'm sure they all look back at Yaya Torre and go, oh my God, what a player he was. Because, I mean, I'm a Man United fan and I look back and say that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully they do as well. And then the other players, there are a lot of, like, decent players, mm-hmm. um, but it was actually hard to pick anyone who could even really be mentioned in the same category as those players. A few of the names I did have were mainly sort of defensive-minded players. So I put down Wilfred Ndidi, who you'll know is one of my sort of favourite Premier League players at at this time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Leicester, obviously, a team on the up at the moment. I wish Man United could sign Wilfred Ndidi because I do feel like he's, in a lot of ways, exactly what we need. Um, But still very... I think he's only 23. So still very early on in his career. 36 caps, over 100 appearances for Leicester. You know, we'll we'll watch that space with him. The other names I had were ones that almost seem a bit funny to mention. You know, John Obi Mikel. Um, yeah. <laughs> but actually, you know, 91 caps for Nigeria, over 350 appearances for Chelsea, in which time he won two Premier Leagues, three FA Cups, a League Cup, a Champions League, one Europa League. He won a lot of stuff. Now, he may not have mm. been the first name on the team sheet in that Chelsea team. But he played a lot of games for them. Um, yeah, yeah. A very successful time. So, again, you know, worth a mention here. And the other one I had was um, another player with a lot of international caps was Didier Zakora, who had a brief spell at Tottenham where he did win a League Cup. Um, also played for like St Etienne and Sevilla. But 123 app appearances for the Ivory Coast. But all of those more defensive options, you know, you said Essien was a defensive option. Yeah, you know... It, in compared to Yaya Torre, yeah, but Essien could carry the ball and create and score goals for you as well. You know, I don't think Ndidi, Obi Mikel or Zakora are going to get you many goals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't really include Zakora in my consideration because I think his spell with Spurs was pretty ill-fated. I, I don't really remember him having any kind of notable impact there. But I've, I've got other ones who... I mean, I've put them into centre midfield mainly because they were they, they could maybe play on like wider or they could maybe play more as like a number 10 but I didn't really I, I wanted to speak about them but I think with the, the, the competition we've got out, we're out on the wide and yeah. up front it, it's hard to really consider them for that so I've, I've got like Mustafa Hadji was one that I always want, thought I, I you know maybe if we did this I don't know what before Yaya Toure joined the league. I'd maybe include Mustafa Hadji as long as I'd Essien. Like Hadji was one of the best African footballers of his generation. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Another iconic player, maybe just because he had a really cool hairstyle, but he also did it in the Premier League and for teams that weren't necessarily that particularly good. Yeah. Like, he, he was at, like, Aston Villa. I mean, I, I don't know whether it was at the time where they were more, more like a top-half team and, like, consistently finishing, like, you know, up there as opposed to the, the you know, more more later years. But, yeah, he, he, he seemed to do really well there. And, like, yeah, it's it just one of those ones that you, you sort of... When, when I started watching football, he was one of those ones that I knew about, he, which, which is quite unusual for, a, you know, a Moroccan playing from, like... Aston Villa. Like, there must be something about him to make me go, oh, yeah, I like Mustafa Haji when I'm, like, 10. You know? <laughs> yeah, he would actually... There, you know? You're right. I, I did have him down as a mention on the sort of wider areas. Mm. Um, and I honestly couldn't really remember what position he played. All that Google told me was it was an attacking midfielder. And I was like, uh? <laughs> I don't really yeah. know where to put him. So I put him out wide. But, um, yeah, he was a player that I remember from sort of my early years of watching Premier League as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't, like, the, the more defensive ones I've got is like maybe Jeremy, who could maybe also play I've a bit... i as well. Bit, yeah, in, in the back back line or maybe even like on the right. But again, he's one who's... There's maybe so too much competition in those positions that I, like, I'd, I'd rather speak about him here. I mean, over, 100, over 100 caps for Cameroon. Spent a decent time in the Premier League for Middlesbrough and Chelsea. And Newcastle. Yeah, and, and Newcastle, yeah, of course. Um, you yeah, know, started off at Real Madrid, you know, multiple African Cup of Nations, obviously Cameroon. Maybe all these Cameroonians were in the same team. Probably. <laughs> yeah, um, Mohamedou Diara uh, had a little spell with Fulham. Uh, um, I didn't have him, but yes, I agree. Yeah, he, 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 it, it wasn't necessarily, you know, not... <laughs> I think I think it was maybe like... Um, yeah, Real Madrid's attempt at having like a Torre-esque player, wasn't it? <laughs> Diara, now, forgive me if my memory serves me incorrectly, but I believe Diara was the player who played alongside Essien in that Lyon team, I think. Um, and there was I big... definitely remember him starting off in, I mean, a lot of these players do, but starting off in France and then that's where Real Madrid um, brought him over. I don't know if they were at the big, same time. but A big hype around Diara, and I think we were even linked with him after Chelsea signed Essien, so... He was a very good player, but yeah, he he was one of those that joined Madrid, and I d- don't think it really worked for him. Yeah, and and it's weird that he came to like Fulham and didn't necessarily stand out. Yeah. So like, yeah, there's, there's something there that like there there might have been a, a couple of seasons that where he was at the top of his game and looked pretty good, but maybe consistency and, and longevity like like Essien and Torre doesn't hold up as much. I mean, I, I want to throw so many names into just into this, just because I don't want to do just disjustice to, to players that I actually quite like, uh, like Sully Montari. Yep. Yeah. Had an eye for a fantastic goal. Um, you know, won the FA Cup with Portsmouth and played over in Italy for Milan and yeah, Champions League winner. Uh, like, these players are just kind of they, they somehow pale in comparison to who we've mentioned, yet in their own regard, are probably better than a lot of people that we've talked about in other episodes and this is the thing you know this is this is the downside of doing africa as one thing because it's obviously a massive you know it's a continent with a massive amount of players you know i've got players that you know again they didn't really compete for me but i want to mention them you know players like mark vivian foe checky tiorti yes. victor wanyama who like victor wanyama i don't know if he's still at spurs but at a time 
for, especially when he was at Southampton, was a really good sort of combative midfielder. So you know, even Alex Song, who I know sort of tailed off after he joined Barcelona, but for Arsenal, he was really good for a couple of years. Um, yeah, there's just so many names, isn't there? Yeah, like um, Cater for, for uh, Liverpool now. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. he's struggling to get in the team a little bit, but you can understand that because they're league champions. They've got a good squad. Uh, but I mean, he, you know, the money they spent on the guy, he, he had a, a decent career over in Germany. Like, yeah, and you know, maybe in a few years he he could be in more consideration for for here if he kicks on and, and really establishes himself in a Liverpool team that could, I mean, I hate to say it, but could win a few more league titles. I think he will kick on and will will be a good player for them. He's one that I think it might just take a bit of time for him to adapt to the Premier League. But I don't know. Everything I saw of him in Germany, I liked. You know, yeah. I liked a lot. So um, he's one that like you really feel could be quite important for that Liverpool side. But like you said, he's got obviously a lot of competition, especially now they've signed Thiago. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, lots of names. Um, yeah, I mean, I talk, probably... talking of people signed this summer, I mean, party for Arsenal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's African. I mean, he's already done pretty well in Spain. We'll see how he does here, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, OK. I mean, moving on before we end up just talking about... Naming things. everyone. <laughs> um, I'll do the right-hand side and then we'll move over to the left-hand side, which you can do. Um, I feel there might be a theme with these two players, though. <laughs> I've gone for the painfully obvious choice, unless you put him on the left. I'm pretty sure he mainly plays it from the right there. I've gone for uh, Mohamed Salah. Little-known player. Remind me <laughs> that is again. <laughs> uh, no. What a scoring record this guy's got. Uh, 43 goals and 68 caps for Egypt. Uh, 102 goals in 163 appearances for Liverpool. That's one Premier League, one Champions League and a Club World Cup. Um, and then he, he scored 34 goals in 83 games for Roma. And this is a player who really is a sort of wide attacker, you know. He's not an out-and-out striker. Did play briefly for Chelsea. One of those where they're probably regretting not giving him more time. Mm. But yeah, Premier League Player of the Year, two Premier League Golden Boots, a Team of the Year, a Liverpool Player of the Year, a Roma Player of the Year. You know, he had to be, you know, I, especially on the right-hand side. Yeah. I, there, weren't any, there wasn't anyone really who was even on the same level as Salah which isn't a isn't an insult to those players because really when you look at the last sort of three four years he's one of the if not the outstanding player in the Premier League so I mean one of because De Bruyne is quite good as well but yeah imagine Chelsea if they still had both of them imagine Chelsea if they still had all the players they let go (laughs) you know you think of like Lukaku up top as well they would be unstoppable but um yeah, what what a player. Not really much need to keep going on about him, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, I don't want to say unfortunate because it's the rules we set ourselves, but that we have to stick to a 4-4-2 <laughs> for, for this. Like, yeah, he's, he's, he's obviously more utilised as like on, on the right side of like a, a front three, which has just been unreal for Liverpool. And yeah, I mean, the, the, the closest we've got here is to put him on the right mid, but in terms of actual out-and-out right midfielders, there's not really anyone else who can really come close. I mean, there's someone you probably arguably, arguably can come close. I don't know whether you've maybe considered him on the left. He is a bit more versatile. Another player who did get a Player of the Year award is, you know, he's, he's was brilliant for Leicester. 
has been pretty good for Man City. Let's be honest. We had Mares, but oh yeah, you know like, what's really funny? When we him. were doing this team, right? <laughs> when we were doing this team, I was like, oh my god, the wide the wide midfield options. You have so many. Like I've just not written down Riyad Mahrez, <laughs> and like he was one of the ones who I was like, oh my god, I, I can't believe I'm not gonna have Mahrez. Yeah, but I mean, but uh, that, that's yeah. that's the thing. Even when you were thinking of him, Salah was still ahead of him, right? Yeah, yeah. Like but he, uh, Riyad Mahrez is a player I like a lot, and it's just yeah. an oversight that I've not included him. Yeah, I, I it, it, yeah, it, he's he's definitely the closest I've got to challenging Salah. Yet yeah, I wouldn't even consider putting him in over Salah. Like I, I, I like Riyad Mahrez. He, he, he was absolutely fantastic in that season when Leicester won the title. Him and Vardy was what, what a combo that was. Um, yeah. Obviously, he's won a Premier League since going to City as well, but has obviously found himself a bit more. I don't say frozen out of the team, but when you were, he still he's not, he's not necessarily starter, is he? He's still, yes, yes. he's still done well for them. And it, it's another example of how one of the reasons City is so successful is, and it's why it winds me up where people go, well, why did United sign Donny van der Beek if he's not going to play every week? City have Mares, Sterling, Gabriel Jesus, Aguero, Bernardo Silva, Phil Foden, uh, the new lad Torres. You know, up until last year, they had Sane and David Silva. Yeah. Got a lot of players for the same positions. And that's why they're so competitive because... You know, oh, no, um, Raheem Sterling's out. Oh, well, we can bring in Riyad Mahrez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> player of the year, Riyad Mahrez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Riyad Mahrez, a terrific player. One that I, I kind of wish United had signed. Because um, mm. I think there was probably a, a spell when we could have. And one that ha- holds a special place for me. Because the season Leicester came up and they managed to stay in the Premier League under Nigel Pearson. Towards the end of the year, Riyad Mahrez started playing really well. And then I remember the next fantasy year, I went, mm. I'm going to stick him in. <laughs> okay, stick it as like my like wild card, and it was the best wild card I've ever had. Yeah. Um, so, uh, thank you, Riyad Mahrez. <laughs> um, I didn't predict he would do that well, to be fair. But um, yeah, maybe I, maybe I, did that well because you put him in. I maybe, mean, I'm just just gonna throw it out there. I haven't put him in since, to be fair. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that those. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it just it feels so bad to not include Mahrez, doesn't it? But when it's Salah, you you, you just. I think Mahrez is a pretty solid shout for the bench, to be fair. Um, oh, well, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the, the the others on the right, who were at least out-and-out out right-sided players that I really thought about, not considered, but thought about, was like Finidi George, played for, for Nigeria, was part of the, the Ajax team that was pretty dominant in the 90s. Uh, we might speak about others who played for that team later. Yeah, came over to, to England play for Ipswich. I remember him scoring a, like a fantastic chip shot against someone. I think that was the only sort of like lasting memory I have of him. But yeah, yeah, he had a, he had a cool name as well. And yeah, he he, he did all right for uh, an Ipswich team, which came up and actually weirdly challenged for Europe. Yeah, don't don't know how that well, happened. But... United last year. <laughs> Pretty much, but like yeah, the the original version. Um, <laughs> actually, yeah, that might have been uh, Nottingham Forest in like the seventies. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah um, but yeah, like he, he was one who, who stands out as being a sort of solid nineties African player who maybe influenced a lot of others to come through who we now see playing nowadays. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, there, there's a again as with the centre, there's a lot here I want to sort of at least 
throw, throw out their name just because they're players I like. Uh, like Kevin Prince-Boateng, Stephen Pienaar, Yannick Balassi. Yeah. All, all African players who primarily played on the right side, who I like, who did well in the Premier League, at least for a season or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean... It. Other teams, like, if... Yeah, if if we did a South African team, Stephen Pina would be in it, sure. Yeah. If, if if we did a, a Ghanaian team, Prince Boateng would be in it, sure. But an entire African team, it's hard to to argue them at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had as like my other options on the right. I had you know I had Jeremy, who you obviously had as a central player. I had Stephen mm. Pina. I did have Jovino, who may have played on the left, may have played on the right. Who knows? Yeah, he, was, um, he could do a bit of, bit of both, couldn't he, really? Um, but he, you know, again, not the same level as the likes of Salah and Mahrez. Yeah, you know, so it really, when you've got those two, apologies to anyone we've not mentioned who played on the right-hand side, but when you've got those two, it's pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty hard to, again, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So moving on to the left before, before we um, maybe spoil some left-siders by me thinking they played on the right. Um <laughs> Who, who did you go on for on the left? I mean, is it is it pretty easy for you? It's yeah, it, it's it's the one we've already sort of alluded to multiple times, um, and that's Sadio Mane. Yeah, again, another one of those. those I mean, I mean, Jota's coming now, hasn't he? Like, it, it's it's not even Salah, Firmino, and Mane now. Jota's kind of like the the other guy. Um, but that like front three for for Liverpool is is just something else. And and Mane obviously being another African player, Senegalese, uh, sixty nine caps, nineteen goals. Um, I mean, we've compared other players here who don't even have half a, a decent scoring rate at international level. It's like Mane has here, uh, which which also stands out because he, yeah, he, he does it at domestic level and he does it at international level. Premier League title, Champions League, Cup Winners' Cup, um, not cup, uh, you know, FIFA Cup, cup, cup Club World Cup. That's the one, not the Cup Winners' Cup because that, yeah, I, I think he's probably about four when that. Ended. Um, but yeah, he got into like three team of the years, which is actually more than than Salah and Mahrez. Another one who, who won a player of the year award, whether it was a writers or a, a fans or. But but you know, I mean, to be considered by someone to be the best player in the league is, is a hell of an achievement. Another one who won a Golden Boot. Obviously, I think that was tied that season, wasn't it? It was Mane, Salah, and maybe someone else we're going to mention later. It was three African players who tied for the the Premier League Golden Boot in one season, which is quite a quite an achievement for, for the continent um, yep. but yeah again he's one who, who probably fits better in a, a 4-3-3 but you know for, for the sake of, of what we do here at this show um, yeah he's, he's a left midfielder <laughs> yeah I mean terrific player again one maybe a bit maybe unlike Essien he was linked with United and I, I remember at the time kind of going he'd had a good season at Southampton but kind of going oh really is that what we need? Obviously, I was proved massively wrong because he's done amazingly at Liverpool with 85 goals in 179 appearances, or at least that's what he had when I wrote this list. Um, yeah, a terrific player. And you know what? He did beat out some competition for his left-hand side. We could have probably stuck uh, Mares on the left-hand side. Mm. But um, the main name that... Oh, there were two names, both players I really like, but one stood out above the other one for me. Admittedly, I'm not really sure he was a left. He was one of those players that defies conventional positioning. Yeah, I think I know um, what you mean. And that was JJ Okocha, mm-hmm. um, who is the ultimate. Everyone remembers JJ Okocha in a really positive way because he was just one of those players that just did things and you went, wait, wait, what? What did he just do? <laughs> like he did things you did or you tried to do in my case. 
like, you know, on the field at lunch. Um, he did things like that in the Premier League. Um, and he did them right instead of me falling over. Um, yeah, 73 caps for Nigeria, 14 goals, a cup of nations and Olympics, 124 appearances for Bolton, 14 goals. Uh, those are league appearances, 454 league appearances in his career, 85 goals, played for Fernabache, PSG, seven Nigeria Footballer of the Years. With, with some competition at the time, let's be honest. So he's the Nigerian equivalent of Luka Modric. <laughs> he just every year they just gave it to him. Give it to Jay. Um, <laughs> uh, one Cup of Nations top scorer and one Bolton player of the year. Yeah, terrific player. And one of those that you just love to watch because he just did things that defied all logic on the biggest stage of them all in the Premier League. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think because I've also put him down on the left. I think the, the sort of defining factor for that was when he did that little like rainbow flick. Yeah. Um, like right on the sort of touchline and like, yeah, it, it, it's just what, why are you even trying to pull that off? Like unreal. I think that was down the left side. So that's where, <laughs> but, but yeah, like he, he was kind of, yeah, when he played for Bolton, at least I don't know necessarily for, for his other, other clubs in Europe, but for Bolton, it was give the ball to JJ and he'll do the rest. So he'd, he'd crop up pretty much anywhere on the pitch for them and was part of the reason that they actually were, a very good team at that time. I mean, we we actually went into a bit of detail with with them with um, like your Jorkef, didn't we? And even Campo and Hierro when we spoke about those in, in the respective nationalities episodes. And that he was part of that team that Allardyce put together. Of I mean, let's be honest, it was kind of like a sort of I don't know <laughs> Lancastrian Galacticos, wasn't it? It was. It was <laughs> It was bizarre. What a team. It was a team team that was known for playing a certain style of football. And then you look at it now and go, but this team had JJ Okocha and Yuri Jorkev and Fernando Hierro. And yeah, it was known for like long balls and set pieces, but it had JJ Okocha in it. Like what? Um, So yeah, it is strange. Um, The other uh, name that I had as the main main, um, competition here is a current player. Um, and that's Wilfred Zaha. Probably not, I don't know, he's frustrating sometimes, Zaha, because this season he's looked electric, but last season, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously could have played for England, did play for England a couple of times, but 18 caps for the Ivory Coast, five goals. But mainly, obviously, Crystal Palace, 369 appearances for them, 62 goals. Just one of those where it's just, you wonder what would have happened if Ferguson had stayed at United. Like with Zaha, you know, were there, you know, he's sort of, Zaha himself has sort of claimed that there weren't, you know, temperament problems when he was at United. He just didn't get necessarily get the support he needed from the club. Mm. You think that would have been different if Ferguson had been there. You think Ferguson had more experience of bringing in young players into that environment and maybe he could have got the best out of him. And he's a terrific player now. Maybe he would have been even better under someone like Sir Alex Ferguson, Mm. you know, with maybe the likes of you know some of the experienced players there to guide him who, who knows um he may have faded into obscurity but <laughs> a, a real talent something tells me probably not though right like, exactly. yeah i mean but what a talent like and you know to be fair to him a lot of players would have left united and gone back to the club they were at and not kicked on mm. but he has kicked on and you know he's he's been linked to the, you know the likes of arsenal and even man united again yeah. uh, so yeah, a, a terrific player. Not quite JJ in my mind, and definitely not Sadio Mane, but 
a very, very good player. And, you know, I always think it's a bit of a shame. You know, fair play, I understand why he switched international sides, but I, I definitely think he'd, he'd stand a chance again in, in the England team. Yeah, especially with how England play nowadays as well. So, yeah, I think at the time it, it, it made sense that, yeah, he probably wasn't going to have a huge chance with England, but change of manager, change of formation, change of style, it's... Yeah, these things happen. Yeah, I think he might be the only one that we've really mentioned so far who has sort of had that change. But there's definitely players in this team who, or at least like, you know, African players that we've looked at who could have maybe like played for France at one point and, and yes. switched. And yeah, it, it's just, just one of those things that happens. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. I mean, Zidane was born yeah. in Algeria. I mean, if he played for Algeria, would he have done half of what he did internationally as he did for France? Like, no. clearly not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there was, uh, speaking of people who were, who were born in, in countries that they didn't actually play for, um, Peter Odom Wingy was the only one I really had for another left left midfielder. One, I mean, he, he could also kind of play as a bit of a forward, a bit of a number 10. He was, he was another who could do a bit of, bit of everything in that sort of like top area. Uh, more more renowned for trying to force a, a move to QPR on deadline day by just driving down to the stadium again. Oh yeah, I'm signing for you guys now. Yeah, Ni- Nigerian international, 63 caps. Um, had a very good time at West Brom, which was a bit of a surprise. Like it sort of came came in and and I think came in from from Russia uh, was where he was, he was playing. But he was one I always kind of liked. I, I I watch a lot of African Cup of nations when I can. And he was always one who stood out for Nigeria, generally played on the left for them. So yeah, it was, it was nice to see him come to England and actually not do badly. So yeah, I, I, he's the only one I could ever really look at as being another left wing option, at least two I've really seen play a lot. Hakim ZX is another more recent one. I haven't seen enough of him to really argue his case here, but seems a very talented kid, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, Odom Wingy, obviously a cult player for us. Um, I had him down as a forward, but I'm glad you mentioned him here because it ticks one name off my list of 400. He's got, he's got more more chance of getting <laughs> being in consideration here in the Dutch front, I think. Um, ZH as well, yeah, from all accounts, a very good player. You know, obviously part of that Ajax team. But, you know, again, I've you, like you, I've just not seen enough of him and he's probably not played at this very top level consistently yet so we'll see what happens with him I mean I did have Salomon Kalu down as just a, a sort of name on this left hand side as well um, I know he could be considered as a forward but you know a versatile player but never really you know one of those Jose Mourinho players who a bit I guess a bit like Obi Mikel works quite hard for the team does a good job but isn't necessarily a flair player yeah and another one who did well in the Netherlands so yeah it is yeah, has, <laughs> yeah, this is yeah coincidence. <laughs> okay, so up front we have a choice of a lot of players. <laughs> I will go first. <laughs> I'm pretty confident in this forward line. Okay. But I feel like you've gone. I feel like and then I'm also not. No, I am. I mean, I, I'm confident with pretty much whoever you want to pick, because there's like there's a lot of good options. So when I thought of this team, I immediately went these two, right? Okay. One of them is Didier Drogba, who we spoke about as the star of our alliteration team. Mm-hmm. Uh, 105 
appearances for the Ivory Coast, 65 goals. Chelsea legend, 381 appearances for them, 164 goals, four Premier Leagues, four FA Cups, three League Cups, one Champions League, 679 appearances in total, 297 goals, played for Marseille as well. Two times African Footballer of the Year, one Chelsea Player of the Year, two Premier League Golden Boots, two Premier League Team of the Years. Alongside him, I have gone for one of my favourite players of the noughties period, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I always really liked this player. Um, when I, I used to follow La Liga quite a lot when they used to, because I had Sky, Sky Sports when I was a, sort of a kid, and they used to have like um, uh, quite a lot of La Liga coverage on Sky. And that's Samuel Eto'o. Mm-hmm. Um, 118 caps for Cameroon, 56 goals, which is a pretty impressive. Not quite as impressive as Drogba, but pretty impressive scoring rate. Came to the Premier League at the end of his career for Chelsea and Everton. A season at each, 55 appearances, 16 goals. You know, not amazing, but mainly known for his spell at Barcelona, where he made 199 appearances and scored 130 goals, winning three La Ligas, one Copa del Rey, and two Champions Leagues. Um, he then famously went to Inter Milan. I don't know how Inter Milan pulled off selling. I mean, Zlatan's a great player, don't get me wrong. But <laughs> when you can sell Zlatan and get Eto plus a sizable sum of cash, like, fair play. Like, yeah, whoever yeah. <laughs> whoever was, like, Inter Milan's director of football at the time. Fair play. Yeah, um, he, he must have got a fair bit of that pay rise. <laughs> yeah, right. um, 102 appearances for Inter Milan, 53 goals, a Serie A, two cups and a Champions League under Jose Mourinho, of course. 764 appearances in total, 371 goals, which is a ridiculous, like over that many appearances to keep it at like sort of one in two is, is great. You know, he played for Madrid, Mallorca, Sampdoria, four African player of the years. So um, was that the same as Drogba? That's, no, that's, I've, uh, I've got it's the same as Torre, um, but it's definitely like joint most that we've mentioned. One uh, Pachichi, which obviously is uh, the Spanish, uh, the La Liga's golden golden boot, and apparently won the golden ball at a World Cup as well. I don't remember which World Cup that was, but I, it was on Wikipedia, so who knows if it's true or not. Um, might be like an under-20s World Cup. <laughs> it, might, it may have been. But he was, you know, he was a just a great goal scorer. Eto pace. Yeah, he was just... I remember watching him at Mallorca um, mm. for, when, I st- when I first started watching La Liga and being like, oh, I really like this player. Um, he was one that I would always sign on FIFA. Um, <laughs> and then he obviously went to Barcelona and just was part of that team that was just amazing. So, yeah, what a, what a strike partnership. And what does it say about the strength of this position? <laughs> but I'm not actually sure if those are the right choices. Yeah. I have agreed with you on one of them. Okay. Um, I like when, when I first looked at this, those were the first two that I thought about. And I was like, it has to be, right? Like as good as like the other options are, those two kind of stand up. And then I realized George Weyer played in England yeah. for a little bit. And yeah. I <sighs> How can you like? How can you not include the only African player to win a Ballon d'Or? I know, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not criticising you. Like, fair enough. I, I know your preference is usually for players that you've seen play a bit more. Yes. George Ware was obviously more '90s. I, I get that. I, I, I completely understand your argument. And Drogba and Eto was the partnership I would have gone with if Ware had a, won a Ballon d'Or. I guess. Yeah. I found it very difficult to choose it's between Drogba worth, and Eto to drop. It's also worth pointing out, though, while we're on the topic of a Ballon d'Or, that 
while researching a potentially future week that we'll do, I I did remember that Michael Owen also won a Ballon d'Or. Yeah. So, uh... well, he he was for a year the best English striker ever produced. I think. <laughs> while I'm not underplaying George, you know, you're right to be the, especially when you consider the players we've just mentioned, and he's the only African player to have won it. But I feel like maybe in the past 10, 20 years, winning a Ballon d'Or has become such more, I'm not saying there weren't great players in the 90s, there obviously were, but I don't know whether there were two players like we have now who basically mm. monopolised the Ballon So maybe someone like Michael Owen, who's a talented young player and has a great season, back then could win it but now you're like a play michael owen now if michael owen came in and had that season now there's no chance he's winning the ballon d'Or. yeah yeah there was maybe that spell between i think it was maybe like 97 to like 2004 or something um where literally no player won it twice like it, yeah. it was literally someone different like you had ronaldo nedved zidane vigo rivaldo like each one of them picked up one at some point i think which one maybe says that football was a lot more competitive at an individual level, or two, yeah, yeah, were they at this, you know, such a high level each, or were, were, were things maybe a little bit more level playing field overall? So, you know, not trying to take anything away from, mm. from anyone who wins a Ballon d'Or. No, and <laughs> I'm glad that the first name you mentioned after I did mine was George Ware, because he was the one that put me into such doubt yeah I mean it, it was difficult to choose between Job Brunetto to drop for this so that was kind of like I, I couldn't not include George Weyer I think in terms of how he played and the time he played and what he did for the sort of striker position was actually really influential and obviously being an African player influenced a lot of others for a different reason as well so Obviously, he's, he's since become president of Liberia. He's the first footballer to ever actually go into politics and win, you know, the, the, the presidential election for their country. The man is extremely influential for so many different reasons. Um, it's, it's a shame that he was Liberian, let's be honest, because if he was maybe Nigerian or um, Senegalese or somewhere else around that sort of East Africa region, he would have played at a World Cup and done yeah. very well. I mean, Nigeria did very well at um, a World Cup. Cameroon did very well at a World Cup at the same time that he was playing. Liberia, I I mean, the only other Liberian player I know is his nephew, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so... What, to, what sort of a forward would you have said George Weah was, though, in terms of a sort of tactical point of view? I'd say, at least from what I've read and what I've, I've seen, because obviously he played, a, like we say, a bit more before these these other players in consideration so we didn't see him as much but I, th I think he's very similar in terms of Drogba and being that strong player he can you know he's, he's very tactically astute good on the ball it, it just kind of could do a bit of everything if you know what I mean like he that that was how he influenced the striker position being more than just a one-trick pony type of striker you know he wasn't just a fox in the box he wasn't just a target yeah. man. he had a bit of everything to his game and I think that's that may even be where the Ballon d'Or came from from being that, I don't want to say different, but that sort of added level of, of attacking threat to what was maybe around at the time. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, <laughs> I'm a big fan of his because um, watching from 
very formative years watching Syria on um <laughs> on Channel Four. Yeah. I was always a big Milan fan, and obviously he was a big player for Milan. So that is a reason why, from a personal point of view, <laughs> I'm I'm more than happy to include him, even if it means dropping out one. Who I mean, who was the one you dropped out? It was Drogba. It was a difficult one to to choose. I think maybe Drogba is arguably a better all-round player than Eto'o, but Eto'o was his scoring rate is is so much better, right? Like, um, uh, over in terms of domestically, yes, it's yeah, yeah. Better. I mean, I, it is basically between those three. I mean, there there are also, plenty of other I think options. The case you would make with Eto over Drogba is obviously Drogba was at Chelsea for a long time but apart from that he played you know in China you know played for Marseille for a bit but he he didn't play in any of the other A leagues mm. you know Eto okay he may not have done amazingly in England but he still scored goals in England yeah he ticked the box of all three didn't he played in Spain played in Italy yeah um and for different clubs in the you know he scored a lot of goals for Mallorca as well um so you say you think Drogba's maybe a better, a more rounded player, but I think in terms of individual talent, I think Eto'o's the more talented player. Yeah, 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 I'd, I'd, I'd agree. And also, I like him more. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> you, play, you play for Chelsea and you don't dislike him, so I mean, yeah, Some, something holds out there. Um, so, I mean, yeah, if, if, if yeah, it's, I'm it's... happy. To, you know what? I'm happy to go because where, like, I felt terrible about leaving him out. So I think I'm happy to put him in alongside Eto. And Drogba can be on the bench unless you want to make a case for anybody else. <laughs> I, I mean, again, this is before I I remember that we're playing in the Premier League. This is where I had some difficulty of actually trying to figure out who was going to go on the bench. I think there's there's more sort of competition to be that fourth striker than there is to be in the top three. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's a weird one, at least in, in terms of like different style of players. Um, my, my my first thought, I'll be honest, was actually Emmanuel Adebayor. Okay. Um, I, but then I realised he was kind of like Canu 2.0, and Canu was a better good. player. Yeah. <laughs> but well, then, then he probably had a better goal scoring record. Probably, yeah. um, but then I I, I I completely forgot that Pierre Emerick Aubameyang was African, and yeah, <laughs> he had a lot better goal scoring record. Still does. So um, yeah, th- those those were the main three who were in contention here before I realised George Weah played in England, and that like the top three were pretty much decided. The the others are again all good players for their own merits and all their, at their own different times and for different teams. Well, no, they all play for Arsenal. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, th- th- those those are the three that I had to at least mention above the plethora of, of other African strikers, but I don't think any of them are even... Aubameyang, maybe, in... Yeah, you know, Aubameyang. Once, once his career's ended and we can maybe... Are, are, like compare it a little bit more um very different style of player of course so that that might be something to consider in the future but i don't think i don't think his, his overall career is on the level of drogba or eto's yet 
I think Aubameyang, for me, I would have included Aubameyang in that sort of four players who I really considered. Perhaps he's disadvantaged here because his career is not over yet. Um, but you look at his, I mean, 63 caps for uh, Gabon, 25 goals is is good. But yeah, yeah, for, his... for, for like 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 where playing for Liberia, like Gabon are yeah. never going to qualify for the World Cup, but they might do all right in a, in, a, in an Afcon. But you look at his scoring record at domestic level: five hundred and fourteen appearances, two hundred and seventy goals. And yes, you know he's played for some good sides, but really, when you look at them, Saint Etienne, well, they're not a dominant team in France. Mm. Dortmund, well, okay, they're one of the best teams in uh, Germany, but they're not. Bayern, you know, it's not Bayern Munich where you're going to win 4 0 most weeks. Arsenal, yeah. you know, it's not, you know, Eng- the Premier League doesn't really have one team who's dominant, but Arsenal aren't even one of, you know, three teams. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like they're sort of one of the top six. So if they're lucky, you know. Um, mm. So he's done it. At, you can't even say where he's done it at clubs that you expect to do it at, like I did a little bit with Gonzalo Higuain last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, that being said, and also I realize I do remember last week I said that Arsenal never have any good players. I do. Aubameyang is obviously a top top player. <laughs> the exception that proves the rule. He's <laughs> um, obviously a top top player, but I just I'm you know maybe it's the fact that his career's not over yet. I just out of those four, he's the one that I was like, well I've got to drop two of them. I'm de- he's the one that I'm definitely dropping because yeah. yeah. Eto, oh yeah, Eto and Wea are just like icons, I think. Mm. And Drogba, I think. I think Drogba as well. Yeah, I think Drogba is as well. I think maybe because he was at Chelsea for so long, he maybe loses a little bit for me that Eto has, having played for Barcelona and Inter and other clubs. You know. Yeah, I mean, don't don't forget that Drogba did come back to Chelsea after he yes, had his he little did. jaunt in China and still did okay. I mean, he he was getting on a bit, but. He still did all right, didn't he? He didn't. I think he won the league with them, didn't he? <laughs> Probably. He, he didn't disgrace himself, at least, as, as some players who do return to clubs do. <clears throat> Names don't rhyme. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like Aubameyang uh, uh, is that other one who we mentioned who won a golden boot and shared it with Mane and Salah. So, you know, obviously a more recent achievement that he, he, he could build on. I mean, he, he is like 32 now, but doesn't seem to be slowing down well having said so. that i've had him in my fantasy team all year and he's not exactly done very well <laughs> so pick it up if you're listening pierre Marek. yeah <laughs> you've scored against united now it's just you need to start scoring regularly again yeah i'm, well, I'm, 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 trying, I'm trying to think how pen works into his name it doesn't pen balmiang i don't think <laughs> um yeah uh, sorry um those four aside, um, the other sort, Luanco Canu was obviously a player that I considered as similar vein to JJ Okocha, of just a player that was really fun to watch. Not a great goal scoring record, but he brought more than just goals. You know, that's mm. the thing you'd say about him. He had a lot of general, his general play was fantastic and he created a lot. He did also, probably responsible for the worst miss I've ever seen when he was playing for West Brom. But yeah, a player that I despite playing for Arsenal, liked quite a lot because he was mm-hmm. just he was just great to watch. Other names, I'm just going to reel these off because there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Benny McCarthy, I think, is worthy of a mention. Mm-hmm. Um, Freddie Canute, I think, is worthy of a mention. Yes, Yukubu, yeah. worthy of a mention. 
those three, as well as a, I had Adebayor in, in with those names, all prolific scorers at some point in their career. All of those prolific scorers in the Premier League, I mean, maybe not Canuti from prolific, but very good player in the Premier League. Yeah, um, he was obviously a lot better when he went over to Sevilla, wasn't he? Yeah, but all of them did it in the Premier League. And, you know, Benny McCarthy and Canute both did it in La Liga, as did Adebayor. And yet, established players like that don't even get close. Yeah. I didn't even write their stats down because we had so many options. So, and Yakubu, I mean, Yakubu was prolific across a lot of seasons for, you know, for Borough, for Everton, for mm-hmm. Portsmouth. So, you know, the fact that those players don't really get a mention goes to show what a good front line we've got this week. Yeah, there's a key thing with this team, and that's like consistency, isn't it? There's a lot of players who have had one or two good seasons at a high level, but well, even like Denver lose out Park, to the PCC. Yes, you know. yeah, Jean. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, Obafemi Martins. Yeah. Yeah, uh, all, all, I mean, you've even got like um, Tony Yaboa. Yes, yeah. You know, iconic 90s player scored some fantastic goals. It's just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of Benjani, I don't know. Like, <laughs> they, they all had a good season or two <laughs> at some only, point. The player that Harry Redknapp basically forced his club to sell. He was <laughs> like, I don't want to leave. And he was like, no, you're going. Yeah, yeah, he put him on the plane himself. As he says every transfer deadline day. <laughs> okay, so let's go through and finalise the team. Then we'll do the bench. So the goalkeeper, Bruce Grobelar, we're both happy with that. Right back, Lauren, we're both happy with that. Mm-hmm. Centre backs, we disagreed on. I had Colo Torre and Joseph Yoba. You had Radabe and Neighbour. If you had to pick one out of Radabe and Neighbour, who would you go with? As as much as much as I love Radovi, I've got to go with Nabet. I think he was a, a better all-round player, um, at least well, yeah, obviously a defender. So yeah, I'd, I'd go with Nabet as my one to pick. Okay, so I think we go with Colo Torre and Nuradin Nabet, which weirdly was my centre-back partnership for quite a long time until for yeah. some reason I let Nabet out. I don't know whether I felt Nabet was a bit left field, <laughs> but um, I'm glad. No, he no, went. no. I, I, yeah, I, I, I really like Nabet. He's, he's, Again, he's, he's one of those ones that I never really saw a huge amount of, you know, like, I don't say in person, but like, like, like you know, on, on a weekly basis. You didn't um, see him down the shop that often. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> left, we both agreed on Babiaro. Uh, centre midfield, we both agreed on SCN and Torre. And right of the wings, we both agreed on Salah and Mane. Yeah, that, that was quite, that's quite straightforward, really, wasn't That was it? really straightforward. Um, up front, after some discussion, we're going Weya and Eto. Okay. So on the bench, sub goalkeeper Mendy. I think we were happy with that. Yeah, I, I like I like what I've seen of Mendy a lot more than what I've seen of of, of yeah, Kingston, Kingston. <laughs> being in. A, he only played I think twenty five games in the Premier for for British clubs, but I don't remember. I got relegated. Him, yeah, I don't remember him like inspiring a lot of confidence in that time. Mm. Um, I think as our our sub on. Defender, we would go with Radabe. I'm happy with okay. that. Yeah. Midfield, Mares. For me, it's between Akotra and Mares. I think I have to go with Mares, and it's not just because I feel guilty that I forgot to write his name down. As much as I like Akotra, he was never the best player in the league. That's true. Yeah, he, he was. He was maybe the, the most liked player. Yeah. He definitely wasn't the best player. Um. So Mares, I think I have to go with. Mm-hmm. 
And then we've got Drogba for the bench. So I can't believe Drogba's on the bench. So our team not a bad bench, is it? Is this is, this team is strong, man? Mm. Grobola, a back four of Lauren Torre, Yo, uh, Torre not Yobo, Torre <laughs> Nebet, Baliare, a midfield of Salah, Sen, Torre, Mane, and then a strike force of George Weah and Samuel Eto, with a bench of Edouard Mendy, Lucas Radebay. Rian Mares and Didier Drogba. Didier Drogba. I like that we've got both Tories in. That's yeah. Good. Who's captain? Because Drogba um, was probably going to be one of my shouts for captain. Yes, just like Radaby was going to be one of the shouts for mine and we've just benched him. Um, oh, that's a, it's a tough Essien? Possibly Essien. I mean, you He's could say Torre. So. Either way, I think one, one of the centre mids, I think they're probably the more, more leader-y types, aren't they? I mean, uh, it shouldn't be surprising because obviously we've taken, you know, it'd be like if we tried to do a South America 11, it would be ridiculous. But if we did do a World Cup and pitted this, I thought our Argentina team last week was very strong. Mm-hmm. But this African team, I think, would definitely compete with. A few positions maybe where Argentina would come out on top. But yeah, you it look at close, them, wouldn't it? It would be very close. And you think about how much dilemma we had picking a front two last week. <laughs> Been, I would say it's been for me. It's been worse this week. Mm, that will be an interesting, an interesting exercise. So it's your turn to pick what we're going to do next week. I think it is. Yeah, it is. It is. Yes. Yeah. So we've gone on a bit of a bit of a world tour. We'll we'll go back to that in future episodes. But I'd like to bring it back home because even though we did a Wales one for our for our Euros, we haven't really looked at anywhere else within the UK. Um, so I think we should do a combined, as you mm. keep the trend, uh, British eleven. But the proviso is that they have to have played in like a European league, so like a, a Brits abroad kind of thing. So players who have played in like France or, or Spain or Italy. I don't want to include any any like British players who have played anywhere in the world because a lot go to like the yeah. MLS to retire or have a little spell in China or Australia or something. Um, I just want to see players who have played at like a, a, a decent European level, basically, who are British. So, you know, English, Welsh, Scottish or Northern Irish. What you're saying is you don't want to end up with like the England... Gerard and Lampard. <laughs> with Euro t- from Euro 2004 slash World Cup 2006 with Beckham, Lampard, Gerard, Cole, <laughs> Rooney and Owen. That's what yeah, you're saying. Basically, yes, yeah. <laughs> Um, we want a bit of variety. Please. We want a bit of variety. So basically, any British players who have played, obviously, do they have to have played in the Premier League? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think like there's plenty of older players who have, have played elsewhere who would make things very hard to to argue. <laughs> yeah. So any uh, British players who have played in the Premier League but have also played in a, a European league. Yeah. And yes. it can be any European league. It doesn't have to be. La Liga or Liga, it could be the Austrian League, for example. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'd, I'd, I'd rate the Austrian League above, like, I don't know, Hong Kong or wherever Nicky Butt ended up at one point. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, or, you know, um, Turkey Australia. or Greece. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it'd be better They're than the Australian League. <laughs> or Emil Heskey. Yep. <laughs> he wasn't getting it anyway, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> Okay, I think that'll be really interesting. Definitely a more tricky one to research. Yeah, I like putting in these little like weird things to to figure out how to how to work them. 
I feel like there may be a few players that um were sort of like in- inspired this week. Interestingly, I've just thought as if we can't include players who haven't played in the Premier League, there's gonna there's definitely gonna be one name that I'm gonna have to omit. Um, but he wasn't in my. I don't think he was gonna be in my starting eleven anyway. Is he a current one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I hope everyone will join us for that. I'll maybe reveal who that player is next week as a bit of a cliffhanger. And I hope everyone's, you know, enjoyed uh, listening to our Africa 11. Uh, We will be back, hopefully, in the next week or so um, with our, we'll just call it Brits Abroad. uh, Yeah, that works for me. (laughs) Brits on tour. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening. And I hope you have a great week until we see you again. Yeah, thanks for listening. Join us next week and, uh, yeah. Have some fun.